0: Oh, my friends, I'm thirsty, and if you're thirsty like me, there's only one place to go. It's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. They've got a fantastic selection of craft beer with a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You're going to get a dollar off any one of their 28 craft beer options.
1: Yeah, again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico. If you've never been, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street, and, Johnny, you're telling the truth. That's 28 awesome craft beers. You can get a dollar off any one of those seven days a week. 2 to 6 p.m. It's a great deal. Go check them out. They have awesome food. A patio that is currently under reconstruction. It's looking awesome. I was there the other day. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico. Go on, have a beer. Why don't we begin? This is fresh hop cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a podcast about craft beer and film, and I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the show. This week on the show, we have our review of Belfast. It's a new semi-autobiographical film from Kenneth Branagh, uh, something of a love letter to his childhood home in Northern Ireland and the community in which he spent the early part of his life.
0: We have beers this week from not Ireland. They are, in fact, from Sonoma, California-based brewery. Sonoma Springs Brewing Company. The first is a 6.8% New England IPA called Zeus, And the second is going to be a West Coast IPA called Wagon the Dog, which clocks in at 7.2%. If
1: you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, you unfortunately won't be hearing our episode in its entirety. The only goodness you're going to get is the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Belfast.
0: But that's okay, because we're just happy you're listening. If you want to hear the rest of the conversation, which includes spoilers for this week's movie, our review of our second beer, and the fan favorite Danger Zone, plus more than 200 other episodes of Fresh Ops Cinema,
1: head to any of the following places. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts. We drop new episodes every Friday morning, 10 a.m. If you do like the show, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating, a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people that may not have heard of us yet hear of us.
0: That's right. Follow us on the gram for photos, letterbox for film reviews, and untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema, or go to our website, freshhopcinema.com.
1: If you want to send us an email, you can send it to fhccast at gmail.com.
0: If you want to support this show and you want more of us in your ear holes, check out patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. It is where we get supported by fantastic people like you. And in return, you get bonus content every single week, Mm -hmm. events parties, movie watch-alongs, bonus episodes, like I said, where we cover all kinds of wild stuff from top fives of any given category that we want to extra movie reviews, beer reviews. It's wild. We don't even know what we're going to do half the time. <laughs> we have a bar hang coming up that you're not going to want to miss out on. Yeah, it's just, it's a good time. We we give a lot back to our patrons. Uh, we're a pretty tight-knit little beer, beer and podcast family, so if that sounds like something that you're into and you want to support local artisans such as myself and young Maxwell, check it out. Patreon.com slash fresh cinema
1: housekeeping done, sir. Let's get into beer. You've picked out beers this week. Can you please tell me before we get into them, where you picked up our beers for the show?
0: Yes. I don't
1: remember. That's a great start. Love it.
0: Yeah. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think.
1: I want to say Curtis park market. Oh, down. Okay. So out of town, not in Chico at least. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, it's a new brewery to us, Sonoma Springs Brewing Co. is. Um, and the first beer we're covering is called Zeus. Tell me about it, Johnny.
0: Yeah, Zeus is a 6.8% uh, New England or hazy IPA with 44 IBUs. It was named after the Greek god of clouds, Zeus. And it is a hazy golden color beer with medium body. They feature Citra as the main hop, but back it up with Simcoe and Mosaic. They like to call this their POG beer mm-hmm. as it has passion fruit, orange and guava notes.
1: That's a real move. There's a my wife was just in Hawaii and she stopped by Maui Brewing Company and they do a a seltzer. It's it's their PO, their POG seltzer and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Those are a very specific flavor uh, grouping that often tastes really really good. I've only poured this in the glass. I haven't tried it yet, but it looks like a really uh maybe not mellow hazy ipa but a, a light one it's not super orange i or think it almost looks like an off yellow kind of cloudy it almost looks like a hefeweizen a little bit uh, yeah a it's definitely
0: hazier definitely got uh unfiltered vibes more yeah. than than hazy which is is okay but it's different
1: yeah have you had a chance to try it i have it okay. is
0: it's interesting it's it's lighter than i expected definitely lighter than the style as a whole usually yeah. is yeah uh, it's pretty approachable. It's got, you know, sweetness, but it's not over the top. It's balanced out with some nice bitterness. I really like the the punchiness of the mosaic in there. Um, I think overall it's, it's pretty decent. I'm impressed so far.
1: Yeah. Brief correction on my, my notes that I took, I took, I took the description of this beer from untapped and I was looking at a different batch apparently because the one in my hand is actually 6.3% ABV, not 68 um, the other thing, as I talk about my initial impressions here, if you could see if your can has a canning date, I would love to know mine doesn't have one, but it does taste really fresh. So I'm not worried about that or anything. Um, oh,
0: no, the, the canning date was on top of the four pack carrier. Um, cause I had to bust up a four pack to get uh-huh. this. And I want to say it was like mid October.
1: Okay. Yeah. So a couple months, maybe mm-hmm. M- mine's pretty good, man. I agree with you. It's very light. It's makes more sense for six, three rather than six, eight. It's, it's pretty easy drinking. I'm not necessarily jumping out of my socks at anything that's catching me as particularly unique. And I don't know that I would have jumped to the conclusion of passion fruit, orange and guava necessarily, but some of that Simcoe comes through and the Citra for sure is obviously the, the main player here. I think it's a pretty solid beer on my first drink.
0: Yeah, it's solid. It's above average, but it's not life changing by any means. I definitely get orange more than any of those three flavors. Uh, If I had to put my finger on it, it would be just orange which is fine but it definitely has a, a like rind uh, what is that pulpy orange yeah, juice yeah. type vibe to it I'm getting a little bit of kind of sharpness almost like a hmm like a peroxidiness but like mm. really scaled down not in like a serious way like it has almost a, an aroma of a little bit of peroxide uh, but still just kind of a you know I think that's because it's not as sweet as is it is could be yeah to balance that out a little bit so you're getting a lot of of the sharpness from the the hops and and maybe some other stuff i'm not sure are you getting any of that
1: yeah there's there's a lot of mustiness that's coming through for me it feels like a pretty rounded sort of dull orange flavor but i'd agree that there's i'm not getting any guava i've had a couple drinks now and passion fruits i don't think really there either but orange yeah it tastes like a pretty straightforward citric kind of hazy ipa i, I don't mind it but yeah it's 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 like. If, if this were a brewery in my area and this is like their sort of flagship hazy offering, I'd be stoked. Like it's totally, totally fine. It's absolutely
0: acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good intro to the brewery. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to get it, but I would drink it again.
1: Yeah, I would too. Are you, I mean, I've actually, I gave myself a bit of a hefty pour. We got these in 16 ounce cans. If anybody's curious, they're actually really, I like the can design. It feels very practical. I don't know if that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd agree, but, uh, Zeus is in big, bold letters. And then there's this cool little, it looks like a, it almost like a water tower, but I think it looks more like a fermenter on top of a, uh, stand of some kind. And then it just says hazy IPA and then it's part of their specialty series and it kind of just lays out everything. And it's, it's nice. There's a, there's a sort of minimalist picture of Zeus throwing a, I think they say thunderbolt, but lightning bolt is what that is. Um, yeah, man, I like the can quite a bit. It's, I probably would have grabbed this also had I seen it.
0: Yeah, it's it's eye catching. Plus, it's fun to do stuff. You know, I'd never even heard of Sonoma Springs Brewery, yeah. so gotta give them a try. And I think it's a solid first beer introduction to this brewery. Uh, Max, do you want to rate this?
1: Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm yeah. I'm, there's nothing offensive to me here. I think it's a really, really well made, solid. Again, for our first experience with this brewery, I'm I'm optimistic. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty middle of the road for me, um, skewing towards the side of favorability because of you know, the can and the overall drinking experience, I'm going to give it a six out of 10. I think that seems just about right for me.
0: Yeah, that's right around where I was thinking like six, three. Sounds great. Uh, Just be six, three, six, five, somewhere in there, just because it is it's above average. And for me, it's it's above average for hazy's because it doesn't rely on that sweetness. It's got a decently bitter backbone. So it's well balanced and it's it's definitely a solid beer. So, yeah, not bad. Six, three.
1: Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get the chance to try Zeus or really any beers from Sonoma Springs Brewing Company, we want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out.
0: And if you post a cute pic of yourself drinking it on your MySpace Grams or your Insta Twitters, tag us at Fresh Hop Cinema. If you can, please email us at fhccast at gmail.com if you're enjoying the show or this beer or any other beer or if you're just enjoying life. Also, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps everyone find us. So please do that. Now you're going to hear a trailer for the movie of the week, Belfast. But don't worry, there's no spoilers in this next segment. So stick around. We all have a story to tell. But what makes each one different is not how the story ends, but rather the place where it begins.
1: Holy God! Mama says if we went across the water, they wouldn't understand the way we talk.
0: If they can't understand you, then they're not listening. You know who you are, don't you? Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. Hey, buddy! Your mum's
1: calling you. To your head. We're looking to cleanse the community, but You wouldn't want to be the old man out in the street. Touch my family and I'll kill you to leave Belfast. We'll fight this together. This is it. This is what? This is war. We're living in a civil war. What do you want? I want my family with me. I want
0: you.
1: Kids the same age as ours are getting killed. We can give these boys a better chance than we ever have.
0: I know nothing else, but
1: Belfast. Go night. Don't look back.
0: Well, if you're just joining us, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. Hopefully, you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to this here podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It'll be available tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on all platforms. What you just heard was a trailer for Belfast. (laughs) Max. Give us a synopsis.
1: Right. The synopsis for Belfast is that it's this is ripped from, uh, I think this was IMDb. It's a semi-autobiographical film which chronicles the life of a working class family and their young son's childhood during the tumult of the late 1960s in the Northern Ireland capital. This was written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. That is the uh, person who it is autobiographical for. Um, it stars uh, the first film ever by a kid named Jude Hill. He plays Buddy, the, the nine-year-old kid. And there's a whole list of folks here, but we're going to focus mostly on his mother and father, played by Katriana uh, Balfi and Jamie Dornan, and then his grandparents, Judy Dench and uh, C.R. Ann Hines. And this little family just sort of exists in this little street in Belfast that they've lived for a couple generations, and it's home. And we come into the film at a time where um, there's a bit of tension between the Catholics and the Protestants, and it's, it's all about picking sides, and then the world is changing and, and sort of the decisions they have to make as a family to uh you know, stay safe and and what it means to have a place to live and what home even is. Uh, And that's kind of what the movie deals with in its hour and 37 minutes of runtime. It came out uh, at the Telluride Film Festival back in early September and then was released to theaters and video on demand in uh, November, November 12th, actually. And uh, the last thing I wanted to shout out, my little quick references here is the cinematographer, because I think we'll spend some time talking about the camera work and the shots here, And that cinematographer is Harris. Bear with me. Zambar Lucas, Z-A-M-B-A-R-L-O-U-K-A-S, who has worked with Kenneth Branagh on a bunch of films in the past, uh, including almost most recently the remake of Murder on the Orient Express. uh, And that was 2017. So Johnny Summers, we juggled some movies this week. We landed on Belfast, something we were both excited for. What did you think of it?
0: Yeah, this is something that's been on my radar for a while since first seeing a trailer, probably mid-summer. And I was very excited that we were able to get our eyeballs on it and cover it this week. Uh, I had pretty high hopes for this movie. It looked like it was going to be moving and heartfelt. And uh, I was approached with a movie that in a lot of ways is kind of precious. It has these beautiful scenes that a lot of them could be paintings or still portraits. The use of black and white and color in this movie was, was really fun. And I think the black and white give the emotional things that they were trying to execute a lot of extra weight just because things kind of just feel more serious and stark, you know, obviously black and white. So I liked the black and white. I loved this family. I loved their street. I loved his grandpa who is just like this sage old man filled with wisdom that is sometimes terrible but always sure. really heartfelt and just adorable. Um you know this this movie centers around the relationship like you said of a family in Belfast when there's you know great tumult and crazy things happening in the streets and you know, it's, it's a family in crisis and it's a real like slice of life, deep dive into the inner workings of that family and being a child and what childhood means and what family means and where, what home means. And it, it dealt with grand ideas. I mean, it watched almost in like, it reminded me of like parables. I mean, it had Mm -hmm. so many like commentaries on things that were like very specific, uh, but I think it was really well executed. It was visually amazing to look at. The story was concise. It was pretty consolidated. I think, I mean, for a movie this short, it, it felt like this could have been longer, but I kind of liked the package that they tied it up in. Uh, it's refreshing to see something that takes you to emotional depth that doesn't take two and a half hours to do it. Uh, overall, I think I really liked this movie. I was pretty impressed, especially with uh, the little dude that plays Buddy. Yeah, he was he was pretty good, man. Um, I loved the family. It was really cool seeing Judy Dench. Uh, I think a lot of what they did worked, and uh, I think it was an interesting, introspective, kind of a heartfelt, tug at your tear ducts type movie. Uh, and I was kind of here for it. It was it was very enjoyable, so I liked it. Max, what would you think?
1: I was apprehensive, not for the movie apprehensive, but I'm always apprehensive. I want to talk a bit about the stuff you were talking about, black and white, because that can lend a certain sort of weight and seriousness to the tone of a movie. And it does have that. This is also a really lighthearted and fun movie at points like you're talking about, especially with the grandfather figure uh, and his relationship with his wife played by Judy Dench. They have a lot of really great, funny. It's a pretty funny movie. I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like... I don't, because it's a very serious time, you know, like this, this is a big, this is known actually um, in that time period as, as the troubles in Northern Ireland. If you look this time period mm-hmm. up, that's what people call it. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a lighthearted, jovial time, but there's something about telling a story through the eyes of a child. This gave me some pretty strong Jojo rabbit vibes at times. Yep. Um, Cause you just don't, we see most of it. When we, like we hear these adult conversations about having to pay the bills and all sorts of stuff through the ears of this kid buddy. And it almost shields us as the audience from Having to having to make this movie be so heavy for us, and I think that's a really great storytelling perspective. And I think, um, despite the use of black and white, you do get that levity. Um, the other comparison that seems almost impossible to avoid is is that the film Roma, the Alfonso Coron movie that we covered, mm-hmm. which was another sort of autobiographical film about his childhood, that dealt with, uh, in addition to some similar themes, it was it was also filmed in black and white. And there is this feeling in my brain like you have to kind of earn black and white a little bit like it's it could also just be like a cheap band-aid to sort of evoke a certain feeling and the apprehension i have is going in like all right there's there's this great shot where it transitions from modern day belfast and then we get this sort of rising shot and we cross over this billboard and then it's in black and white and for a minute i was like all right let's see if it's worth it because it does feel like we're way earlier in time than the 1960s did you get that Mm. impression too Mm, not so much. No, maybe it's just my American perspective. Like I associate the sixties with certain movements in America. So like being in a different culture, was like, Oh, it could be anytime. And I guess you see like clothes and cars and stuff, but still there's like this sort of old fashioned vibe about this family. And it was really nice, man. I think Jude Hill is awesome as buddy as well. Um, Jamie Dornan who plays the father is sort of a, he's a, he's a, what is he's, they call him a joiner in the movies. He's, he's like a, a construction worker kind of thing. He's yeah.
0: I think he's out. like an architect or something.
1: Yeah. And he's almost never around. So that comes up. And I I just think the, the, the delicacy with which Kenneth Branagh handles the family dynamics was really nice. There's a ton about being able to let go. And and obviously the themes of like what home is and who home is and this, the extent you'll go to, to better your life for your kids or letting your kids go so they can get a better life. That stuff really resonates with me. And I think uh, overall, this movie does a really, really good job. Not perfect. Uh, I'll talk about some stuff towards the end that, didn't exactly work, but I really liked it. Yeah, I think
0: I did too, man. Uh, and just for posterity, a joiner is a woodworking profession.
1: Oh, okay, that makes total sense. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we rented this on on Vudu, and mm-hmm. uh, with our podcast thing, which means we our podcast account, which means that you and I can't watch this simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you watched it last night, I believe. Right. So last yep. night. Yeah. And then I watched it and I texted you a little bit later and I think I said something like there's some very serious citizen Kane shot vibes in some of this. Mm-hmm. Like there's some great use of deep focus shots and some really interesting camera angles though. Like most of the movie, I I'd say like 60%, if not 70 of these shots, half of the screen is obstructed by like a wall or a car or something. And all of the action is focused in like the last third. And it makes for, it, it really pulls your attention. It's I, I thought it was going to get annoying, but it really didn't. It just kind of, kind of drew me in.
0: Yeah, I agree. I liked it. it that tricks that they did. It was very visually appealing. It definitely grabbed the eye.
1: Yeah, speaking of eyes, there's I don't know what they did, but the care especially in the close-ups, the eyes of these actors just popped.
0: Yeah, it's some cool lighting I think. They might have used like ring lighting or something cuz their their eyes were tremendous in this movie absolutely but
1: but it wasn't like you could see the like you know when you see ring lighting you can kind of see those reflections in the eyes like the circle the bright circle that Mm -hmm. wasn't here they just seemed to pop and I don't know if that was just editing that they sort of enhanced that but it it great it was just like a huge window into the brains of these people it was awesome yes absolutely um yeah man I'm I'm gonna talk quite a bit about about camera work I think when we when we get into it but uh it's I liked it a lot
0: yeah me too You know, Um,
1: that, that said, there's a, there's a, a song break towards the end, like a singing number, like a full singing number. And this feels strange to say coming off of tick, tick, boom last week, but that really didn't work for me.
0: Oh, when the lady was singing
1: when, and then, and then dad starts to sing a bit. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Something about that felt disingenuous.
0: I mean, that was pretty funny. She was obviously drunk.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. And then the husband said, what'd you do with all that money? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What
0: money? Yeah. Money your mom gave you for singing lessons, yeah. That
1: was great. Oh, no, no. Great. Oh, you're thinking of the part where she's sitting on the bench, yeah. No, actually, that was very funny. No, there's well, we'll talk about them on the danger zone. I don't want to okay. give away, too much away now. Totally. Um, what else you got on this right now?
0: Uh, I think standout performance for me had to be is, is it Siren, Siren Hines? <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably wrong, but. Yes. Like, I know, like, Kieran is a pretty traditional Irish I know, name, that's but that's I usually just with a K.
1: Yeah. We'll go with whatever um, you think.
0: Uh, we'll just call him Pop. Okay. Uh, he, he really stole screen time. Like, anytime he was on screen, he absolutely emanated just your – he, like, demanded your attention. Yeah. He emanated so much, like, old man wisdom, but, like – I love that he was such a flawed character, and like Mm -hmm. there was there was one scene where he gave some really terrible advice uh, about the math about paying the rent. Oh, sure, yeah, Uh, yeah, and the math advice too. Yeah, it, (laughs) it was just he was just such a wily old man. It was so nice to see like a flawed, real person portrayed as someone's grandpa, not like this this oversimplified idealization of what a grandfather is, but just. You know, somebody that's had a, a kind of a strange life and done a bunch of jobs and, yeah, you know, grew up poor and like stuck up the guy that paid or that collected the rent money, mm-hmm. things like that. Like just the things that he said and the way that he spoke to Buddy, like he was a person, not a child. Yeah. Was really endearing. And some of the lines that he had uh, kind of mid to later in the film with Buddy when it was just the two of them were quite profound mm-hmm. and uh very memorable. So, for me, I think he really kind of stole the movie. Him and Buddy were outstanding.
1: Yeah, it is Kieran Hines, by the way. Nice job. Okay, cool. Uh, at least that's how I'm reading the pronunciation on Wikipedia. Um, cool. so closing that loop. Yeah, he he was great. There's um, it's if you guys can't if you don't know the name, he I think probably most famously in recent history played Mance Raider in Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, he was also in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, I think part two. He's been in a bunch of stuff. And he typically plays kind of this imposing, threatening, like massively huge guy. He's a big dude um, and he's always just this very imposing figure. So it was really nice to see the more sort of tender grandfatherly side of him and like see him get pushed around a little bit by Judy Dench. Their, their relationship, the two of them, was so awesome.
0: Yeah, I loved their banter back and forth. They were such the old... Still madly in love, but just kind of over each other's nonsense married couple. It was great.
1: I think that's kind of like, I think that's sort of the ceiling for being with a person for that long. Like, I don't know, movies sometimes get this wrong. Or I think it's just like, just, just the madly in love part. And it's like, yeah, maybe, but like people, people get annoyed with other people. And if you can be with a person who annoys you probably all the time and still find the love stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And their relationship felt so genuine. I yeah. loved I loved the writing for them. It definitely felt like someone had specific grandparents in mind for when sure. they wrote them. And that was portrayed really well. I, I really loved all of their interactions. Um, yeah, I mean, all of and This was kind of a dialogue, relationship-centric movie. And I think yeah. a lot of the interactions just worked. I think they were well-written and believable and genuine and... Really nice, man. I dug this movie.
1: Yeah, one thing I wanted to shout out really quick uh, before I am ready to rate it is uh, the the tone that's set kind of early on. The movie opens with with um, Buddy sort of walking down the street in this neighborhood. You get a really wide shot of this neighborhood, and everybody's talking to each other, knows each other's names. Like, how's your dad? You're not in Brooklyn. I don't know why I sounded like that. But he's carrying like a sword <laughs> and, a sh- and a trash can lit as a shield. And – the camera kind of comes around him slowly and we see his face and then his face changes. because we see this mob coming around the corner and sort of the first sort of hint of this conflict. And the camera goes around him maybe twice and kind of dabbles between slow mo and, and regular speed. And it just, this great shot that kind of took that, the, the, I don't know the, the imagery of him, like marching down the street as a soldier to then that shield ends up protecting him and his mother actually from, from some flying rocks, I think. And that imagery and that use of, of like, shifting that innocence of this childhood into some mm-hmm. actual stuff like really I think really did a good job setting the stage for the the eventual decisions this family was going to have to make I just thought it was a great opening to this movie
0: Yeah so much symbology in that from just that you know a, a sword made of sticks and a trash can shield playing in the street make believe to Yeah it being used in actual defense keeping your head getting hit from flying rocks Totally it was, it was such vivid and it was poignant it was like wow this should be like an oil painting I felt that a few times in this movie. Like this has such strong but yet understated symbology. It was it was powerful in the way it executed that.
1: Yeah, there's there's also a shot where speaking of that kind of those sort of oil painting moments. There's sort of there's this guy named Billy and he's sort of um leading the pack on uh, getting these Catholics out of our neighborhood. And mm-hmm. at one point he comes up to their house and, and yells it um yells at buddy he'd be like go get your dad kind of thing. And we see this shot of Jamie Dornan, the father from behind and he's like in this entryway, this this sort of courtyard of his his home, and all it's like a super low shot. We see him like knees up and he's just this statue. It's just like, nope, you're not getting near my family. And there's a great close up of his uh his face where I think he says like, uh, you know, if you touch my family, I'll kill you kind of thing.
0: And Mm -hmm. I believed
1: him, partially because of that shot. I was like, he's not, you're not moving this guy. It was great. But those shots really stand out. I've got like no joke, like three or four pages of notes of just that shot's cool and that shot's cool. And here's why. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, great. There's a lot of those great moments.
0: Yeah, I agree. I just got chill bumps when you were talking about that scene. <laughs> like, I I want to watch this movie again. This might be one that I purchased like a hard copy. Yeah, of.
1: I, I also really appreciate the fact that obviously sort of the central conflict here is this this Civil War vibe between like Catholics and Protestants and. I think they did just enough of that without making this too much of a political or religious statement kind of movie. I like, and again, it comes back to the genius. I think of exploring the narrative through the eyes of this kid. Like he doesn't really mm-hmm. get it. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's this conversation he's having with his friend. I think her name's Marion. I don't have the actress's name in front of me. Um, talking about like how you can identify them. Like you just ask them their name and there's traditional Irish names and or Catholic names and Protestant names and you can kind of pick them out. And, and like that stuff, you can imagine being a little bit more pernicious of a conversation among adults talking about people of different beliefs. And it's just like, it just, it just innocent it innocentizes it. I'm sure there's the right word for that, but I can't think of it. <laughs> um, and I, th- I just think it was a brilliant way to tell the story.
0: Yeah. Tackling issues like a religious civil war through the eyes of children. Uh, was yeah. really unique and uh, pretty moving <laughs> stuff, man. Dude,
1: it, it, there's last thing I think. Um, because I grew up Catholic, there's a scene of a, of a pretty like, well, they're, they're Protestant. They're, they're in a Protestant service, but the priest is spewing off how terrible it is to oh, be yeah. to be Catholic, I think. And mm-hmm. dude looks like he's about to explode, <laughs> which is exactly like, I remember seeing stuff like that. Like, that's how I saw grown ups talking passionately. He was like, they're just, he was so sweaty and like spitting and it was terrible. And I was just like, ugh. but that's totally how a kid would see it.
0: Yep. It gnarly. Yeah. Just this cartoon character spewing vitriol it was really well shot yeah he was so sweaty
1: yeah so sweaty
0: so sweaty uh, all right if you got nothing uh,
1: else for now yeah let, i don't let's uh, let's give belfast a rating
0: after you yeah um this this is gonna be on my list man this is one of my probably one of my favorite movies of the year i'd say mm-hmm. this is uh this is a 9.3 9.3
1: very very high marks i think it's a solid nine for me very good movie i got some stuff i want to talk about at the end that I, I think did a really good job but it wasn't a perfect movie for me so for now i'll just say once again you have been listening to fresh hop cinema maybe on kzfr 90.1 fm in belfast is available to rent on video on demand or maybe see in a theater near you if you get the chance to see it you got thoughts of your own find us on social media at fresh hop cinema or just send an email to fhccast at gmail.com
0: or head over to the website freshhopcinema.com for film reviews beer reviews and podcast episodes going all the way back to 2016 To our KZFR listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Belfast, a second beer, plus the unpredictable Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. To those of you already listening to the podcast, we'll be right back to talk
1: spoilers in the Danger Zone.
0: Danger Danger Zone. zone, Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. zone, danger zone, danger Danger Zone. Danger Zone.
1: Welcome to the danger zone, the part of the now exclusively podcast version of the app, which is the app, the show, which is also to say, if you find yourself listening on a podcast app and you've converted from the radio waves, welcome to, uh, to what this becomes off air, not off mm-hmm. air, but you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> off the radio. Uh,
1: this is the segment where
0: Max forgets how
1: to speak. Right. So maybe you've also never heard the danger zone before. It's where we talk about this case, uh, in this case, Belfast, uh, like everybody's seen it or doesn't care to see it. So we're going to spoil some stuff. So if you don't want it to be spoiled, go watch the movie, finish the conversation, and that's your last warning. Yup. So, spoilers for Belfast. I don't necessarily need to unpack the plot, but I mostly want to talk about some emotional beats that worked and some that didn't.
0: I think it would be fair to just, quick blanket statement, the major conflict in this movie is whether this family should bail out of Belfast to move to England. Yeah. And that's really the, the crux of what this whole turmoil is about for them.
1: I really like, like, because that's of course the real turmoil, in like the but mm-hmm. I, reels kind of in quotes because for Buddy, the thing is mm-hmm. like I don't want to leave my friends and the love mm-hmm. of my life. <laughs> it was right. of course a girl he's spoken to twice, and is not. But but at that age, it's like no, that's that's everything, you know. Yep. Um, but yes, of course, that is the thing. Dad's working in England, and his uh, employer has basically offered him a long term job, like a two year thing, and they could basically live for free. And, you know, it's a better situation. It's less dangerous. There's no chance of people rioting in their neighborhood sort of thing.
0: Yeah, you get out of debt a little bit quicker. You get a house to live in for free. It seems like a really
1: great deal. Um, And I get it. I don't think there's much of a conversation to be had there in terms of what the right decision is for that family. Uh, I I think in my brain they were always probably going to have to move. Yeah. the, the, The linchpins of those decisions are like, do the grandparents come with? Does the family make it like, is the dad going to be decisive enough before his family falls apart because of his absence, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I, I was like, okay, well, like, where's this family going to be at by the time they make that decision?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it, it's kind of the the road from A to B that makes it so interesting.
1: For sure. Yeah. And it's safe to say that along the way, some stuff did happen that might uh, not have happened had they made this decision sooner. Although I guess in a situation of grandpa passing away from uh, what seemed to be uh, a lung condition from working in mines. I don't know that mm-hmm. moving to England would have solved that problem. Yeah. Um. So I guess I guess maybe I don't have a point there, but still.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been, you know, there would have been less danger. I think the yeah, it kind of calmed down after the initial sort of uprising and clash, and then you know there was talk of staying, and then you know the real impetus to them moving was when they basically got caught in the middle of a riot and things just yeah. got way out of hand
1: man but even uh, in that really intense moment of that riot there's a great scene because because at this point buddy is like trying to go home but he's got his slightly older friend who's a girl named marion i think i gotta look at that girl's name um like no no you're not coming home like we're, we're looting this store come on and i don't know how i caught this earlier but there was an ad on the tv i think that we just kind of hear and it's about this laundry detergent or what do mm. they, they call it in the movie washing uh, detergent
0: uh, uh, yeah something like that yeah
1: i can't think of the name but i heard it and they said this very weird line on the tv about this product so then he she marion says while they're looting the store like grab something grab whatever you need and he goes for that box <laughs> and mm-hmm. he like just hugs it so tight and runs home and his mom catches him, like where did you get that and then he gets caught red handed and she like literally drags him back in the middle of a riot it's "Like, you put that yeah. box back why did you even grab this he says the mm-hmm. thing they said in the commercial, which is that it's biological It's, biological. <laughs> it's so good. What a stupid <laughs> kids are so dumb. Like yeah. but it's so sweet. Like he's just trying to get something that he thought his mom would like.
0: Yeah. It was precious. And yeah, that scene of her basically like taking him by the scruff of his neck yes. to like fix the wrong that he did was so precious and such like an Irish mom move to right? pull. You're walking through I a loved riot. It. Yeah. yeah, riot, schmait. You are not. My son doesn't behave this way.
1: Yeah, and then they get confronted. Which all the way, uh, all the way, I am really having trouble today. By the way, <laughs> I call BS on because Billy, the dude that's sort of organizing all this stuff, catches them and is like, "We, <laughs> he says, we don't put things back. That's not the message we're trying to send." And it's like, "There's a riot going on, dude. Now is that you're you're gonna like stop to talk to these three people and you're not gonna just keep looting?" I don't think so. But fine. yeah, man, weird stance, but okay. There's another scene where that dude like Dex guy and it drops him like he drags his son along and he like punches the dude in the face dude falls over just like a statue mm-hmm. and i don't know billy was a bit of a string bean like i was waiting for the moment where jamie Dornan's character was gonna just punch him yeah i was waiting for like i was i was hoping for that scene didn't get it really wanted it
0: yeah that dude kind of just seemed like he was all piss and vinegar and like yeah really- Probably wasn't going to stand up to anybody without his mob behind him.
1: I know. And like I thought the moment was going to be when he like followed Jamie Dornan and and Buddy. The reason I keep saying Jamie Dornan is because his characters are listed as Ma and Pa. And I'm not going to say Pa Mm because I, you know, I don't want to. You can say Dad. Daddy takes him to school. And (laughs) Billy follows him and, like, confronts him outside the school, like, clearly, like, threatening his child's safety. Mm -hmm. And he kind of just walks away. You've always been just an up up jumped gangster or something. It's like, I would have, you Mm -hmm. get away from my kid, dude. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah,
0: but there were definitely times that I wanted uh, buddy's dad to really just be way more aggressive. But like, I don't know. He was playing it as smart as he could at the time. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, the, the song stuff that I was talking about, by the way, is the very end. It turns into like this whole dance party. Like there's a full singing number. And I, right now I can't think of the name of the song, but, like every song uh, eternal love. Yes. Everlasting
0: love. Everlasting love.
1: Yeah. And, and that was at uh grandpa's funeral. Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I really like the message. I, I liked the idea that funerals don't have to be these somber occasions all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know something about it felt just really not true to the tone of the rest of it. And, and, and I love a good, I love a good song break, you know? Sure. But I think it has to be in keeping with the rest of the movie. And for some reason, um, and I'm open to, to hearing a different interpretation or, or being wrong, but it just, it, I don't know. I didn't see it working. It didn't, it definitely didn't work for me.
0: No, I kind of tuned out, but I mean, I get the Makes message sense. that they were going for was like, you know, uh, maybe losing someone kind of brought the family together. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely kind of tuned out. I, I for sure agree that it really didn't fit because, I didn't even remember it when you said there was a singing number. I yeah, thought it yeah. was something completely different. So no. that's how much I tuned out during that.
1: Um, yeah, that seems fair. Uh, let's see. I'm just skimming my notes here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just probably just keep coming back to camera stuff. Although I guess I did want to mention the use of color throughout this. It does yeah, happen. there was nice
0: little splashes.
1: It happens when we are watching the people watch things on the screen. So like or a play. A movies or a play, sure. Like Something about the 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 escapism of not having to deal with your own problems and everything so washed out and black and white, and then you get to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and it's in bright Technicolor. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was a nice because I, I feel like that's almost how Kenneth Branagh would remember it, like getting out of your day to day, especially in that time in that area, like getting away from all that, and then just a breath of fresh air and watching something that feels so vivid and and happy and escapist.
0: Yeah, and and part of Buddy's young personality was was being really invested in film and yeah. movies and tv and and just loving it i really enjoyed the conversation you had with judy dench about that it was yes super precious this whole movie was just so precious
1: yeah man the judy dench is great she got, she's like, so one good. of the most iconic voices i didn't even realize but like you hear her talk but i think before you even see her face you're like judy Judi dench for sure mm-hmm. um she gets i think the last line of the film which is um like go go son or something like that. Mm -hmm. Don't look back. And just the amount of expression delivered in those like seven or eight words. I started crying. I don't know what it was. Oh yeah. Uh, man, it was tough. And part of it was that moments before that you kind of get this shot after, um, grandpa dies, you get these, first of all, you get this big shot of the city. I love, there's these big uses of these wide shots of Belfast Mm -hmm. and then, uh, juxtaposed against these really, um, intimate close-ups. So right after he passes away, we get a wide shot, I think, of the city. And then we get these really close shots of kind of where we have seen him throughout the movie, like his workbench and outside by the toilet. And like all these places where you've come to expect this really wise, comforting character is just now empty. And that's very heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. Yep. This movie executed some emotion Real well. I think I cried three or four times in this yeah. movie.
1: And then, and then so like, yeah, like the idea of leaving home, I think it, it gets way worse for me once we know that we're leaving grandma behind on her own. Yeah, That's so mm-hmm. tough. Cause it's like from, 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 <laughs> from mommy and daddy's perspective, like <laughs> buddy and the other kid whose name I don't know, like we got to give them a better life, you know? Mm-hmm. And then from Judy Dench's perspective, like allowing her kids to take their kids away, even though it means her likely living the rest of her days alone. It's yeah. so tough. And for her to be like, go and don't look back mm-hmm. is just such a powerful message. Yeah, it really was. And there
0: was some great interactions, too, when um, the dad, I'm not saying daddy. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair <laughs>
1: enough. I, I mean, I get it. I just um, committed.
0: When, when Buddy's mom and dad like have probably the most real uh, and heartfelt, honest conversation that you see them have in the whole movie. Which one? Yeah. Um, when he gets really vulnerable and tells her that like, she did such a great job. That was, that was a
1: scene dude. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be tough to admit. He's just like, you did a good job raising these kids. You did it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and then it's this moment of, of sort of uh, not weakness. I wouldn't call that weakness, but yeah, vulnerability and honesty. And then he goes, all right, well, I'm going to take out the trash and (laughs) I'll get a cup of coffee going. If you want to put the kids to bed. And it's like, yep, we're trudging along, you know, these moments of acknowledging the, the, the greatness that, is in the other person that you're with i think i think that's 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 the that's the goal you know yeah
0: yeah it was great man i think this movie should win a lot of awards
1: oh speaking of that the golden globes were or not the golden globes themselves but the golden globe nominations were released i want to say yesterday maybe Mm -hmm. um and this was up in the first place for the most awards it tied with seven awards um including let's see i thought i had it here Um, it was up for, it was also the, the power of the dog, this and that tied for seven nominations, um, including best picture, best director and best screenplay. Nice. Um, I really want to watch power of the dog. Yeah. You've been talking, maybe we'll, we'll squeeze that in at some point. That'd be cool. Um, this movie had all van Morrison music.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask if the music worked for you. I was waiting to a good point (sighs) to get there.
1: It did. It, I, I don't know. Um, one of the songs actually was written, I think kind of recently maybe for the movie. It worked fine. Um, I'm not a big enough Van Morrison fan that I would have known were it not for the subtitles being on that they were all Van Morrison songs because some of that music is so eclectic and different from, yeah, from same. even other stuff. I'm like, okay, maybe. Yeah. I think for the most part it did. And some of that helped me keep it grounded in the time period it was in because I was already struggling with that. Like it really felt like the thirties or something to me. <laughs> I didn't yeah. like, if I looked at any detail, I'd be like, oh, okay, well no, it's not. But something about that. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the family. Nostalgia feels like an old fashioned idea to me at this point, for some reason, because of <laughs> America or I don't know, but, uh, so I think the music worked. Yeah. worked fine.
0: Yeah. I thought it was just fine. And same as you, I wouldn't have known it was van Morrison unless I, if I didn't have subtitles on,
1: can you, I bet you there's somebody like in the theater, like van, like a huge van Morrison fan didn't even know. And they were just like, this movie's the best. Just right. Every Why song I love is it? a banger. It's all just hit after <laughs> hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of de-centivizes people for buying the soundtrack, I think, cuz like those music songs, those music songs are already out there. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm giving up for today on speaking, I think. Is All
0: right. Well, that's cool, man. Um I totally think everyone should see this movie and I'm stoked that it's up for so many awards. I think it should win. I'd love to see the the field of nominations, but um this has got to be a front runner in my mind.
1: Uh yeah, I think so too. Let me actually just to put you at ease a little bit. Um do um, so it's up for, I think we said best director. The other things in that category right now are the power of the dog, the lost daughter from Maggie Gyllenhaal, actually uh, West side mm. story. And then Dune. Um, okay. there's a, there's more here. I won't spend time on it now, but we'll probably do an episode in the next month or two, uh, you know, sort of breaking down nominations for definitely the Academy Awards, but maybe the golden globes too. Cause they're not until f- February, I think.
0: Yeah. That's right around when the, the golden globes or the Oscars are too.
1: Aren't there is it later? April.
0: Okay. That yeah. sounds right.
1: But then I can't remember because last year it got all messed up. Yeah. So I think maybe last year it was in April. and That's what I'm thinking of.
0: Mm. That's what well, I'm Either of. way. Yeah. Well, as, as per use, we will, we'll break down all the nominations.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. You got anything else on Belfast for now? I want to watch it again. And yeah. I
0: think that's some pretty damn high praise. Yeah. I don't like to watch movies yeah. again. Usually
1: uh, as a reminder, it's on uh it's rentable on VOD. You can probably rent it anywhere that you can rent movies. And do you know, dude, if it's in our theater here in Chico? It is not. Okay. Um, if you live in a town bigger than Chico, maybe with more than uh, one major theater, you might have better luck. So yeah. I think I think it'd be great to see it in a proper theater, unless you have like a really good home setup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, movies like this make me miss, miss the pageant because I know they'd be playing. Yeah, <sighs> they'd be
1: playing the shit out of Belfast.
0: Yep, and I would go to see it.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, you down for beer number two? Let's do it. I'm thirsty. You sound like Denzel Washington? You want a beer? I'm thirsty. Me be a beer. You remember that drinking day? Yeah, yeah. That vaguely. movie's so intense, man. You don't remember? That's like, oh man, that's like one of the most quotable. Denzel, you want a beer? Are you thirsty? I want a beer. And then they're like driving. It's on his. It's obviously on his first day. Um, like makes, and that's when he gives him the uh the lace joint. Oh yeah, because he's like getting him super fucked up at like eight thirty in the morning. Yeah,
0: smoking like PCP.
1: Yeah, it's wild. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is we are going to drink another beer. And you, please, if you would, tell me what it is.
0: Yeah, before we go any further, we should definitely add that sound bite into our theme song. <laughs> you want a beer? <laughs> That'd be so dope. Uh, okay, that's a good idea. Into our theme yeah. song?
1: Yeah. All right, I when, mean. When's I the last
0: time anything sounded so cool that we should add it to our theme song?
1: I, I don't know. I made the theme song five years ago, drunkenly one yeah. night. So, you know, then, I guess. Yeah, we should. Uh, Okay, I'll make a note of it while you tell me what this beer is. It's pretty iconic. All
0: right, so beer number two we are going to be drinking is called Wagon the Dog, W-A-G-G-I-N. It's like wagging, but cooler. Sure. Uh, It is a 7.2% West Coast IPA. Wagon the Dog is a refreshing West Coast-style IPA brewed with white wheat, flaked oats, golden promise, and rar pale malt. Bittered with Chinook and Cascade. And dry hop with Citra and Amarillo. There is nothing to see here other than a great beer. So I'm stoked for this. The A word has got to have you concerned because I know historically, yeah,
1: you pretty much despise Amarillo. Hops. I don't. I don't despise Amarillo. Like, there's I'm a, pretty sure there, you do. <laughs> look, if you put Amarillo with the right friends, I'm okay with it. But it's when you start getting some of the if you when you put like if I see something with Amarillo and Azaka hops, I'm I'm not even going to drink it. That's where I'm at. Oh, I'll I'll, of course, I'll drink it. it. I'm not kidding. I'll I'll drink it. Um, yeah. But it's not going to get high marks, unlike you, who just properly said white wheat, which I know I would have messed up today. <laughs> just yep. white wheat. White um, wheat. Wagon the dog, though. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this, man. I really like this can as well. Sometimes we'll get breweries that sort of thematically design all of their cans, so you can kind of, like Jackrabbit does a really good job of this out of Sacramento. You can basically like glance at a can like, yeah, it's Jackrabbit.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: these on the other hand, I would have no idea we're from the same brewery were it not for the fact that I can read. Um well, I guess if you turn yeah. it sideways, you kinda they do the same sort of um you know, sort of breakdown almost like a um Yeah, the little info segment on the yeah. back. But the is... front, nothing, nothing similar. Uh, that's not true. No. These look pretty similar. <laughs> actually. <laughs> you are falling apart. Um, oh my yes. god I found that when my brain isn't working well. Uh, like this, and I haven't been drinking, it's because I haven't been drinking. So I'm going to pour my beer. There you go. Uh, and why don't you tell me? I assume you've already uh, had some.
0: I have, but I want to make an assumption that this, this beer is actually an homage to the 1997 film Wag the Dog, okay. uh, which was a Barry Levinson film. Uh, it was a political satire, kind of a dark comedy with uh, Dustin Hoffman,
1: Robert De Niro. You ever you seen that? you just know this on out of on the top of your head? Yeah, it's a oh. classic. All right. You knew the year and the director. Yeah, it's weird. I'm that so is, smart. That is weird.
0: Yeah, man, come on. Why you gotta throw me under the bus, dude? I'm professional. No, I'm just impressed.
1: Yeah, Not surprised, I, just impressed.
0: <clears throat> I'm a quick googler.
1: Okay,
0: uh, but I did. <laughs> I was familiar with the movie. I okay. didn't remember what year it came out, but I it put it together once I was reading it. I was like, this. I bet this is especially with the um, the color scheme. It's a very uh, political kind of looking. Sure. It's you know sure. Uh, basically three stripes kind of looks like the french flag with the blue the white and the red
1: i yeah i think this is a pretty decent case you're making i will yeah. i will yes i will i will put my dog in that race <laughs> oh i see what you did there. maybe if we'll reach out we'll reach out to sonoma springs and we'll see uh, if we can get a confirmation on that because i think that's a pretty safe bet looking at the yeah. movie poster
0: mm-hmm. so i have tried wagging the dog mm-hmm. several times now in between talking and man this is quite nice it is really crispy up front with just a delightful kind of a crunchy hop flavor. And then it evens out in the middle, super drinkable finishes real clean, very, uh, like crisp, refreshing flavor, almost like mouthwatering. And it finishes at the end, a tiny bit dry, but in like a good IPA IPA way. Uh, it's pretty well balanced and very, very clean. Uh, I One of the cleaner West coast IPAs we've had in a
1: while. Yeah, it is. It's lighter than I thought. Seven twos, nothing to shake a stick at sticking with dog related jargon. Um, it's, it's, it's good, man. There's like some peppery notes that I'm Mm -hmm. getting. Um, and I'm not sure which hop that is or, or if it's a hop at all, but that's making me get a weirdly sort of hot sensation that I'm not sure Mm. if I love, I don't mind it so far. It's not, yeah, it's not nearly as aggressive as I thought it was going to be, which is I, I think a nice surprise.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not thick in a good way. Like I want to say that it's watery, but it's not, but it's got that refreshing quality of like easy drinking, crisp, smooth, light, uh,
1: very, very easy to drink. I like it. I, I just had another drink for one. I like it. Okay. I agree that it's light. It's almost got a sort of a quenching vibe to it, but not quite because of that peppery sort of spiciness on the back end. Uh, um, I'm kind of middle of the road so far. I think I think I'm going to start leaning one way if I have another drink. So I'm going to I'm going to do that. But is there anything jumping out to you is like, "Nope, this is a miss in this beer?" Absolutely
0: not. I don't think this is a miss at all. I think it's really well made uh and stylistically very pleasing. I I like this beer quite a bit. I see the pepperiness a little bit. Uh I think that's might be the amarillo coming through with those Maybe. like earthy I don't know cuz there's some hops that kind of have like a bell peppery note to them sometimes, too. Uh huh. Um, I don't know offhand what all these hops by themselves should taste like, which I should know, but I don't. Sure. But, um, I don't know. It could be something in there. I don't I know what the malt bill, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the white wheat, the flaked oats, golden promise, and pale malt shouldn't add any of that.
1: Yeah. But you never so know.
0: Maybe one of the bittering hops mixed with the earthiness uh, of the amarillo used in the dry hop.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the spicy towards amarillo. I'm I'd be willing to bet pretty good that that's where that's coming from. Um, I'm just not sure if there's enough brightness to counteract the, the 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 spice that I'm getting. I want a little bit more. Like I need more like fruit or or something bright. Like a citrus brightness would be good. It's just it's kind of leaning one way, pretty heavy into that sort of spicy, um, not quite crackery also, but like, I don't know. It, it's one of those situations where it drinks light mouthfeel wise, but the, but the flavor is not that way for me.
0: I mean, that's fair. It's an aggressive flavor,
1: but it's, I, is it though? Cause like for the most part, it's not, it's right at the end that it's like, Oh, okay. There's something's catching me off guard there. Cause cause right away when you first sip it, it's like, this is super light body matches flavor everything's checking out and then it's right towards the end like just as i swallow it it's like okay something's something's sticking behind in a very hot way
0: yeah it's it's that earthy like mustiness that i think you don't like
1: yeah 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 this isn't my favorite but i don't like it um i don't think do we have the ibus on the notes did you say that from the notes or did you say it from the can because it is on the can uh, it is not in the notes, so tell me what they are. 58, which that's about right. That sounds about right to me. It's not terribly better, okay. but uh, it's, you know, yeah, it's okay, man. I'm not I'm not um, confident enough to say that it's a bad beer or anything, but it's definitely not my speed.
0: I think, yeah, personal taste. Uh, this one's probably not for you.
1: Do you want to rate it?
0: Yeah, I like it. I think it's, it's for me. That's for sure. Uh-huh. This feels like a solid 7.5. 7.5.
1: For you. For me, me four. It's a four. Wow. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's below middle of the road for me, barely. I wouldn't drink it again. I'll, I'll maybe have what's in my glass, but I probably won't finish the sixteen ounce can that we have.
0: <laughs> that's surprising. I like this one a lot more than the first one. But yeah, that's not surprising stylistically with our preferences. Not at all. Yeah. Well, wow so what's what's your overall on sonoma springs do we like it Thumbs up. yeah i would try some
1: more stuff for sure i i don't know that i would travel to to sacramento to get it or or curtis parks and sac i always forget yeah yeah um but if it showed up in a bottle shop here in chico i'd I'd probably grab another beer uh on the right day i might even grab zeus again
0: yeah zeus wasn't bad Mm -hmm. uh i definitely like it for its its balance and its lack of just suffocating sweetness. So you,
1: yeah, you don't have a go-to hazy beer. Do you? That seems like a bit um, of an oxymoron. I mean, no, if I
0: taken me this long to think of one no. Sure. unless I have like Julius around, that'd which be great. you do
1: not all the time. No. But, yeah. I think, I mean, around here, a safe bet's probably like Sierra Nevada, hazy little thing. And that mm-hmm. one's way too sweet for me. And it's even weirdly too malty. Like if, if we had these cans of Zeus around, I think I'd probably reach for Zeus before, uh, hazy little thing
0: yeah i'm trying to think there's man i mean i really love the hazies that i've had from original pattern out of oakland but mm-hmm. they're not in chico yeah they're definitely outside you know more in Sac. but like i've purchased several of those hazies just to drink in my you know personal life sure and that is saying something because i never do that right. so i would probably say Something hazy from them would be my go-to. Fair enough. Uh,
1: All right. Well, Wagging the Dog is 7.5 for you. It's a four for me again. Yeah, Sonoma Springs is uh, not around currently in Chico as far as we know, but if you get a chance to try the beers, please do uh, reach out. It's always fun when Johnny votes a 7.5 and I vote a four. I I keep a subconscious (laughs) mental tally of who agrees with me, so one day I can be like, people think I'm right, but uh, that day is is far in the future, I think, my friend. And gosh darn it, people like me. (laughs) You want to move in hot and bothered? Let's do it. Hot and bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bother, Johnny. Tell them what it is.
0: That's a segment of the show where you get a little peek
1: behind.
0: I don't know the silver screen or the the. I don't know what's a good thing to peek behind for us. Yeah, our drapes. Sure. Yeah, you get a peek into the curtains of our lives. See yeah. what's up. What's got us excited fired up what's bumming us out that sort of thing we try to not be too sad but sometimes it happens i don't know you feeling happy this
1: week you feeling yeah, sad no i feel good man um good partially because i met with my friend chris keen yesterday um who is if you don't know him by name in addition to many other things the person who produced and engineered my last album years ago nice and we were talking about the prospect of uh, another one so Ooh. that's the plan that is now in motion. Uh, so uh, mid mid to late February is when we're technically going to start the whole thing. But we did find two days before the end of the month, which um, will be next week, that we're going to try to crank out one song. I'm going to release it as a single, um, which I hear is very trendy. <laughs> so uh, that'll be that. That's what I'm doing, uh, prepping for this next week. Uh, it should be pretty fun. I'll have more information by the next time we record.
0: That's exciting. I look forward to that. I've heard you play some of your originals. Uh, Are you going to be maybe busting out some more originals in your sets going forward for the next month or so?
1: Maybe just for the sake of practicing them so I can be ready or studio ready, you know?
0: Yeah. I know that that Nickelback cover that you played the other night is going on the record, and that's going to be a (laughs) banger, son.
1: That's the one that we're doing next week.
0: Yes. Uh, But I don't know what
1: to call it because I clearly can't call it photograph as uh, you're hinting at. Um, so I'm, that's <laughs> I need another title. Uh, I might, I don't know. I'm workshopping some stuff right now. That's all
0: right. Well, I'm good at naming things. If you need help, I'm
1: available. Just calling it like a photograph help. It's a bit of a mouthful. I think I'm not, I'm not fallout boy, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. You don't want like a three sentence right. long, like a yeah. photograph
1: or how I broke my heart under the cornerstone of your bed.
0: Yeah. 16 I like candles. that. You should just go full emo with it and do that. That'd be God. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's exciting, man. I look forward to that. I yep. love your original music. I Thanks, look forward man. to hearing some new stuff. That's me for the week. What about you? Uh, let's see. I have had a lot going on, just busy stuff in my personal life. And then um, this weekend was chill. We just like kind of took a weekend off and watched some UFC fights. And uh, me and Shalina went out and kind of tied one on at the corner bar mm-hmm. and on Friday night. What's the, and that what's was... the
1: corner bar? uh park avenue
0: pub oh, we've yeah. been going back down there after much uh ado
1: sure yeah, i'm sorry real quickly a- i went to the park i never go there yeah i went there randomly and do you know that video on the internet where the girl goes she's like an older not older she's like a middle-aged lady and she goes two shots of vodka you know that gal and it's mm-hmm. like six ounces of vodka she goes no add two sh-. you've never seen this oh it's fantastic no. She's like, she's got like a YouTube cooking show or drink show or something. I don't, I don't really know the context. I'm kind of making that. Okay. But she's making a drink and this part of the recipe calls for two shots of vodka. And she takes her bottle of vodka upends It goes, two shots of vodka. Pour, pour, Oh, pour. I have Sets seen that. Sets it down. Yep. Uh, I was at the Park Ave pub and I ordered, um, I ordered a whiskey ginger. Uh, and I thought the bartender was like silently trying to pay homage to that internet video. Cause I, like, she filled up a pint glass and with ice and then poured whiskey. And I swear to God, it it was 75% of the way full and yes. she topped it with ginger beer. Yep. And I was like, it's a good thing I haven't been drinking. Cause like I have to drive home and like, if this is what you're pouring, when do when you, what do you get when you go there? Uh, usually It depends. Like if we're eating,
0: I might have a beer, but I like cocktails. Usually when we go to bars, I try and order things that I can't make at home. I've got a pretty decent home bar. Um, So I drink like Moscow Mules there quite a bit just because I don't keep ginger beer on hand, things like that. Uh, Do you find them to
1: be particularly strong? Heavy.
0: They're heavy handed (laughs) there and I'm a fan. Yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, but uh yeah i usually do that or you know if i'm feeling lazy or just want something to sip on, i'll grab a vodka soda and it yeah they they don't kid around i you, get you know yeah yeah a little bit of club soda for color
1: yeah okay what what is club soda not clear
0: yeah it's the joke like oh, okay we always always used to order uh whiskey cokes at duffy's you know mm-hmm. splash of coke for color sure
1: what's that what's the stuff oh ginger ale is kind of brown right? a little bit yeah. yeah okay um yeah, do you find that that as you've gotten older, the beer in bulk doesn't quite sit so well? Yeah, I'm good for like
0: one beer, and usually like I don't drink IPAs en mass anymore. If I'm drinking more than one beer, yeah, it's gonna be like it's a lager or Rock a pilsner or, yeah. or a bush light, right?
1: Uh, yeah, when did you switch? Like you're like a bush light boy now. Like you use, I feel like Rolling Rock used to be your vibe.
0: Yeah, I was always a bush light boy, mm. but nobody had it, but. Mm-hmm the homies at Sierra market brought it in for me.
1: Well, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Like I know the owner and he's like, if you say you'll buy it, I'll bring it in. I'm like, dude, you see how often I'm in here buying beer. Like you think I'm joking? Like I don't kid son. And so, yeah, he brought it in and, um, it's like a really good seller now. He's like, yeah, I sell out every order we get and it's not just you. So
1: I'm like, yeah, (laughs) "Yeah, I've been sending in people. It is just me. (laughs)
0: Well, uh, people that have come over, I mean, I've seen some things on the internet, too, that kind of allude to Bush Light being one of the higher quality, like, macro light in, lagers. In what
1: way? What do you mean higher quality? Just just
0: better flavor profile. It's, like, way more similar to, you know, a traditional, like, nice lager or a nice
1: pilsner. I, I, feel, uh, like, I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like you need some real evidence if you're going to throw that out on a craft beer show.
0: Well, I mean, it's not even... Um, like evidence it was opinion based, just like people with like beer YouTube channels. Uh, I watched one, I think he's a guy I watch on YouTube and TikTok sometimes. And he was talking about, you know, there's quality in every tier. And so we went through the like the tiers of like uh the best beer in this category. And like Bush Light was his number one like lowbrow beer, like just cheap, affordable, gotcha. keep a 12 pack because it's just got a better profile. It's not super sweet, it's crushable, it's light, it's crisp, it's got a decent balance. So I'm, I'm riding with that because I've always thought that, that it's like the best of the worst.
1: We live in a pretty safe place, craft beer wise, like Sierra Nevada is not struggling as a brewery, but I wonder to what extent you would feel as ethically, and maybe I'm getting up on a soapbox here, but ethically okay with drinking bush light or any macro lager that ostensibly sort of takes away from a smaller local market. If you like, what, what size town would you have to be in with like your local brewery really struggled? Would you still be like, nah, it's cheaper and be okay with what, it. So what do what do you mean? Like what's like, like there's I don't think there's probably a sense when you buy bushlight, light, you're like, Oh no, I'm taking away money from Sierra Nevada. Yeah. But, but like if we were in a town where the only brewery was like secret trail and then I don't know, our local market started stocking, Like Bush Light, would you switch over from whatever lager you were drinking from your local brewery? Just, is it like, do you really like it that much more? Is it cheaper? Is it a combination of everything? I really do like it. I like, it's a quality beer.
0: Okay. I like the flavor. Uh, I think it stands just on quality alone.
1: Okay. So here's the tie in then, and this is very nice, I think, because I can get an answer for this by tonight. I sent you home with a beer today Mm -hmm. that I picked up at Dying Breed. And you could probably tell just by looking at it, it's sort of trying to be a macro light lager. Yeah. Uh, it's four percent. I had it's. A, they call it a Pilsner, but it's it's basically like a straight up lager. If you somehow like that just as much as Bushlight, Light, do you think that would be enough to get you? Do you feel at all torn about like supporting a big macro brewery versus something local, or not really?
0: Uh, no, I don't feel torn at all because I support the local beer industry immensely most of the time. Um, okay, so I feel like you know it's just like how they served Rainier cans at the Goose. It's sure. just sometimes you need that. So I don't have a conflict with that. Um, and if a local brewery, it could be Sierra Nevada, it could be secret trail, whatever, Mm -hmm. put out like a 12 pack of 12 ounce cans of something even within 15 to 20% comparable flavor wise or price wise, uh, flavor wise. I'm not really worried about price. Okay. I guess that's,
1: yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like if there were a local craftier option, would you opt for that? If it tasted close,
0: yeah, if it was light and not, you know, a lot of craft loggers, the good ones don't have that heaviness. They have the lightness and the drinkability yep. in multiple beer quantities, like Ennegrin. If I was just going to say Ennegrin, yeah. If we lived in LA, I would have Ennegrin on tap
1: yeah. because
0: their beer called the lightest one mm-hmm. uh, is bah, far and away like one of the best loggers I've ever had. Like I know people that live in LA that have that on tap in their house yeah. full time. Uh, so if there was something that scratched that same itch, I would 100% switch. But fair enough. The fact is, right now there's not. But like I'm looking at expanding my kegerator into having multiple taps. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to be doing sparkling water and like a Trumer Pilsner Badass. or, you know, one thing I will say, strong recommendation if you are in the market for something like this and you don't want to buy Bushlight mm-hmm. and you want to support a more local brewery farmer's light dude
1: fan yeah. actually super is yeah like it's a great example i was at burgers and brew and they poured me uh, i think i want to say it was Miyagi. shout out um he gave me their valle which is their mexican style lager mm-hmm. great it's a great light beer like and and yeah the fact that like i could i could throw that empty can you know if i was having a good day and maybe hit the brewery like cool that's like i can i know i can see that money going back in the community that i'm a part of awesome
0: yeah absolutely and i like when i'm at park ave if i have a beer it'll be a farmer's light i love that beer
1: yeah i actually yeah i didn't like it at first but i maybe it's just because how this whole conversation started was like yeah the beers just heavy beers are like i don't know I'll, i'll have some tasters but like i'm not putting away six packs of torpedo these days you know
0: yeah, well, I think you're experiencing something that a lot of people in the beer industry experience because, my friend, you like me are in the beer industry. This is yeah. basically a part-time job for you.
1: Is it IBS? Uh, if
0: if you live, yeah, it is definitely <laughs> that. Um, If you exist in this world long enough, you eventually kind of stop drinking beer all the time. Yeah, uh, most of the brewers that I know drink vodka sodas like full time. Like you. Won't catch them with the beer in their hand outside yeah. of work and like promo moments, so, yeah, exactly. And yeah. even then,
1: not so much, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I mean, vodka sodas, gin and tonics, pfft, so good, yeah, totally. Like, you want something that's a little bit
0: lighter and less filling. And you know, it's funny for a beer podcast, we are sure going bad on beer right
1: now, I know. And I was gonna say, and this also feels a bit sacrilegious, unless you're uh, open minded, which I suppose we both are like, seltzers are where it's at, dude. Yeah, I like this I like beautiful middle a ground bit. of, of both um, beer and cocktails.
0: Yeah. And like lately I've been really enjoying one glass of beer at burgers and brew or somewhere like that on my way home from work. Yeah. Um, just because I'm kind of getting back into the beer market again, professionally with mm-hmm. my work. Yeah, yeah. So it's important for me to have like a finger on the pulse. So it's, you know, I love trying the new stuff. Um, but between that random beer here and there and, this podcast like for the last five years pretty much every fancy fucking beer that i want to try that i would seek out we just do on the show yeah, Like yeah i don't need to spend all day like hunting for beers to drink like without telling people about it that seems like a waste like save it for the show like seriously though there's not much craft beer that i seek out anymore that we don't do on the show so i feel like this show is the perfect outlet for my craft beer enthusiasm yeah and like the rest of the time kind of just feels like i'm off the clock like i don't need to worry about like yeah. critically thinking about this beer i'm just gonna drink what i feel like drinking and most of the time it's like a vodka soda or a white linen or a bush light and then we do fancy beer mm-hmm. on here and sometimes you catch me outside drinking craft beer
1: at burgers and brew yeah. most of the time who knows Man, I want to hear the flip side of this conversation with like movie critics. Like, yeah, man. Ever since I became a critic, and I just do, I just watch TV shows. You'll never see me watching a movie. Like, I'm just rewatching. Don't have
0: a taste for it. Just, just rewatching Seinfeld all day,
1: all day long. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so that's that's my hot and bothered. I think I don't know where we got off on that, but yeah, I do. uh, It was
1: Park Ave Pub, heavy cocktails, beer. That was the idea.
0: Exactly. Also, last thing before we go. Sure. Uh, I'm actually gonna go after this and have dinner with friend of the show, uh, Brian McAllister and friend mm-hmm. of me and the show, Jared Kay. Uh, he is Who's Jared another, Kay? Yeah, another beer rep. He's a friend from that's a long not, time ago. That's
1: not friend of the show. No, he's he's a friend of mine. Okay. So, and
0: he gave us he actually gave us beers for the show, so he's a friend of the show.
1: When? Last night. These are from him? No. Uh, we're doing
0: them next week or the week after.
1: Ah, Jared Kay, friend of the show. What a great, love Jared. Good guy.
0: Yeah, he hooked us up with some fancy Belching Beaver.
1: In addition to Belching Beaver next week, we're also covering the new Guillermo del Toro film, Nightmare Alley, which is in theaters, uh, beginning the day this episode drops. So go see it if you'd like to be current. Um, that will also be our Christmas episode. So if you happen to watch Die Hard anytime soon, like we did for Patreon, uh, let us know. I'd never seen that all the way through, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I was shocked by how violent that was. So violent. I know, like, it's like really, really violent.
0: Yeah, it was a great movie, though. I loved it.
1: Um, Pretty decent segue into teasing for next week. So that done. Do you have anything else you want to add before we sort of close the curtain on this here episode?
0: Well, I think we're going to push the Belching Beaver a week because I like to keep our Christmas episode with Christmas-themed beers. So I'm going to be getting my hands on some stuff, probably from Prairie, And maybe one other brewery that I'm trying to track down. So we're going to split up the beers and do two different breweries, but with specifically Christmas themed beers. So I'm very excited for that.
1: Uh, In that same vein, if you're trying to get Christmassy, you can uh, either scroll way back on your podcast feed or look on our, (laughs) our very well populated YouTube channel. And you can watch our Christmas special from last year, (laughs) which I was really (laughs) hoping to recreate, not obviously in the labor intensive form that it took last year, But I was hoping for me and you to get together and like crack a 12 pack and do a read of that story again, a Christmas Carol, and actually just, just maybe set up an iPhone camera and get a little drunk and read it. Um, But scheduling is looking like that might be pretty tough. So just go and revisit that one from last year. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, I think.
0: Yep. It was, it was a a drunken good time.
1: Yeah. And we did a, we did actually did a couple terrible beers. Uh, one that I brought back from Norway called like chud. Mm -hmm. Christmas oh I can't remember what that acronym stood for and there was like the crocodile tears I think that was prairie actually
0: yeah that was prairie
1: and you didn't like that one it was like a kettle sour maybe or something
0: yeah it was like a kettle sour with like Christmas spices and cranberry I think
1: yeah it was gross that beer was not good
0: yeah uh what
1: was it was something something
0: underground dweller
1: yeah yeah you're right it was a Chris uh shoot it was a cool can yeah uh oh well Listen to the thing. Go listen to that thing on our YouTube channel, or, or find it. Basically, I think we put it out like maybe Christmas Day uh, yeah. last year. So it's I might you, revisit it just to see what we looked like a year ago. Probably someone.
0: If you if you look deeply into my eyes, you will see a man that is violently hung over. You were in
1: such a shitty mood that day when you showed oh, up. Oh,
0: <laughs> I was a total bitch that whole uh, day.
1: Drinking a bush light, if I'm not mistaken, I think you showed up with a bush light. Lots oh, you did because I think it's in it's in a couple of the shots because you kept reaching <laughs> for it and you just like set it down on your feet. And then Brian was there, uh, Brian Massa, do you know Brian Massa? I know him. Cool. He was there filming it, and uh, he was just had his hands full, and he had his buddy Kang, and they, you just like kept putting your bush light in the shot, and I was like, all right, I guess that's just going to be part of it. Continuity be damned. <laughs> I am what I am. Also, since we're on it, if you guys do watch it, take a moment to appreciate the fact that it wasn't actually snowing in Chico out the window, nor were was there a cabin in the distance. That was all our CGI team, you guys.
0: Yeah, we've got an army of producers behind us. (laughs) You don't even know.
1: Uh, As usual, this show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. All of our support is on Patreon, whose support we could do many less things if we didn't have. So thank you. Uh, Thanks to The Handlebar, and thank you to you, Johnny Summers. What a lovely treat this was.
0: Yeah, this was a great episode. I had fun and uh, really loved covering probably one of my favorite movies of the year. So uh, great segue into our Christmas
1: episode. Yeah. As always, drink good beer. Watch good movies. Be excellent to each other and we'll talk to you next week this is fresh hop cinema